Welcome back to a new episode of Little Geek Lost, continuing on our 90s music adventure, and we are doing another genre-based one. So this one is 90s hip-hop and rap, so I had to go to the source that I know for, for rap and hip-hop, David from Blame Your Brother, otherwise known as D-Brew. So welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. You had to go all the way to the Dirty South to yeah. find somebody in the, the rap game, but yeah, I, I love... I love hip hop. I love rap. So I know when you were putting the '90s stuff together, I was like, I gotta, I gotta get involved in this. Or so, like that was the golden era to me of rap. I mean, it's it's yeah. good today. I don't. I'm not one of those old people. It's like, oh, all new music is terrible. But <laughs> the '90s rap was it was where it was at. And, you know, we'll talk about it. But yeah, for sure. So thank thank you for having me on to discuss one of my favorite things. Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, it's like when I have questions about Kanye, I'm like, who knows about Kanye? David knows about Kanye. <laughs> I know. We need an exclusive Kanye episode. I wish he had been around in the 90s, but, you know, he wasn't, so. Well, the thing that I find, too, that's, like, mainly different about 90s hip-hop and rap versus, like, today, where today it's more like, I got these cars and I got this money and, you know, all that kind of stuff, whereas, like, back in the day, you know, like, it was more, like, social issues and more, you know, like, there was, like, the different, like, hardcore and stuff for sure, but it was more, like... It wasn't about, like, bragging about what you have. Right. I mean, yeah, it, it definitely was in there. But, like, when Notorious B.I.G. is rapping about the money he's got, he's also telling you how he got the money, yeah. the struggle of having the money, people trying to shoot him. And, I mean, well, I mean, he did end up getting shot and killed. So Exactly. You know, look at it. But, yeah, there was definitely more of a social impact than a lot of, yes, the younger rappers. Definitely. I mean, they're young. You know, I mean, they're mm. these are 18, 19-year-old rappers who – you know who don't really know probably about that life either so it's good to have like a kendrick lamar who definitely does rap about that but yeah the the majority is like the migos and all that it is definitely yes uh, here's my car here's my money it's the youtube generation exactly yeah (laughs) so so going back 90s hip-hop and rap i guess because it kind of you know transitioned from the late 80s early 90s more when it was getting I guess more popular right like coming up more more mainstream and less underground where it was you know like for us we had much music here and our version of your MTV (laughs) so (laughs) that's when like you know you'd see a lot more of like the rap and hip-hop music videos hitting there and hitting the mainstream a lot versus you know probably in the 80s it was wasn't so popular I guess yeah, I mean, it was kind of corny, just to be honest, in the 80s. I mean, it was yeah. kinda, it was kind of silly, like Rapper's Delight. You had mm-hmm. Will Smith, you know, and, and really until you get to, like, 1988 when N.W.A. comes out. Yeah. It kind of changed the foundation of rap where it was, you know, it was a look into gangster rap, you know, that kind of fueled a lot of the 90s. But just be honest, stuff in the 80s was whack. I mean, I wasn't a big fan <laughs> growing up. Because I didn't care about Rapper's Delight. I thought that was stupid. Yeah, I was like, it was a really weird song, and it's so long. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, at, at the time, at the time, I'm sure it was like people were losing their minds over it. You know, I'm sure they were. But yeah. like, we laugh at. We're like, oh my god! Like, I could be on that song pretty much. I yeah, mean, exactly. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, so it definitely was. Like I said, to me, it all starts with N.W.A. I mean, Dr. Dre, obviously being in the group, who really pushed a lot of the great stuff in the 90s so you look at 88 to 89 was massive for for what rolled in this great era of rap you know in in music 
Yeah, exactly. I think that's when it sort of kind of transitioned, for sure, from, like, the weird, like, the weird, I guess, funnier, you know, whatever kind of rap it was to, like, actual, like, rap music. Right, yeah. So, I mean, and then the, one of the big albums, you know, that most people list is one of the, the greatest of all time was uh, 1991-1992 was Dr. Dre the Chronic, you yeah. know, where... I mean, that album is still a classic to this day. Like, if it came out, like, tomorrow, it would still be amazing. And it also introduced Snoop Dogg, who, I mean, I'm not I'm not the biggest Snoop Dogg fan, but Snoop Dogg Doggy Style, which came out, like, I think in 94, it is one of the greatest rap albums of all time. It's like, It blows my mind that oh, Dr. Yeah. Dre came together and made this album that you can... I still listen to it today yeah. from start to finish. <laughs> it's amazing. Like... And I think Snoop Dogg Day is trash. I, you know, I, I didn't listen to it much after that. But thanks to Dr. Dre, not, you know, nothing but a G thing was that was that song. You know, it's like, oh my God, nothing but a G thing. This is one of the greatest songs of all time. That definitely, you know, kind of ushered in where everyone's, especially the sound. You know, got yeah. the West Coast versus East Coast. So it, I mean, Dr. Dre, you can't tell the story of hip hop if there was a Mount Rushmore of hip hop. He's got to be on it. 100%. Oh, for sure. For like for such a long time too. Like, it which, was just, like, decades of him producing people. Which is crazy, because he's not that great of a rapper, but uh, he's still rap, but, like he said, his production skill would... Mm-hmm. I mean, even when you go past the 90s, like you say, you still have him helping Eminem yep. at the end of the 90s. So this guy, even and even today, Kendrick Lamar, you know, he's he's kind of helped him a little bit. So you're right, this guy, I mean, he, just so influential, it's, it's insane. Yeah, exactly. Like, just behind the scenes, like, pushing all these great artists out, out up to the front for people to listen to and to find. It's crazy. I mean, 50 Cent, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Snoop Dogg. I mean, that alone would be like, wow. But, there, I mean, there's more that, you know, I'm probably not, not even thinking about. So, so that's insane. Now, so were you – so when you come from where you're at, would you call yourself more of an East Coast or West Coast rap fan if you had to um, – like, I probably wouldn't even, it'd probably be, like, whatever I was listening to, because I wouldn't say I'd, like, pick a side, for sure. It was mainly just, I listened to, like, some Snoop Dogg stuff. I listened to um, a lot of Beastie Boys. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Beastie Boys is probably where I was at. Um, but then you go to, like, you know, good old Warren G's Regulate, which oh, is, yeah. like, one of, like, you know, the top 90 songs ever, and oh, <laughs> not sure. just rap, so... Sure, I mean, but it's it's so, such a such a West Coast song, I mm-hmm. mean, like, you couldn't write a better West Coast song. Yeah. It's funny because back in the 90s, I, I, I'm a massive Tupac fan, like, I mean, that, it, wherever he went, that's where I was gonna go, so when yeah. he went death row and went to West Coast, I'm like, well, it's all about that West Coast life now, and so I almost, at the time, kind of crapped on a lot of East Coast, and, <laughs> I'm not really be like, like okay. So I just say I'm not a big fan of the Wu Tang Clan. Like I've never understood the appeal. I loved Old Dirty Bastard. I think he's amazing, and I, I respect the guys are talented. But I like a lot of people just say Inner Thirty Six Chambers is like, oh, that's one of the greatest albums of all time. And I I don't see it, but yeah. but maybe that's because you you can't go back and listen to it for the first time ever. So I'm still kind of like trapped on that West Coast life, but. <laughs> With that being said, I mean, the greatest MC of all time is from the East Coast, is Notorious B.I.G. Like, yeah. to me, it's number two on the Mount Rushmore, and number three, him and Tupac <laughs> would be up there. But Notorious B.I.G. was 
the most perfect rapper of all time. Like Ready to Die is is a is a perfect album. It, I mean, it's got uh, you know Big Pop on it, which is probably my favorite, one of my favorite hip hop songs of all time. It's, it's just so good. <laughs> so you know, and then he, you know, you got to look at East Coast had Nas, Jay Z, like I said, um, Wu Tang Clan. You had DMX coming out. Uh, you know, I. When I look back now, I'm like, eh, maybe East Coast was a little bit better. But at the time, I was like I said, Tupac saw eyes on me. I used to play that thing nonstop. It was a double album that I would play nonstop. So it's like, <laughs> and and really, that was my introduction in, into rap was Tupac. Uh, me Against the World came out in like 94-ish, I think. And I remember getting that album talking to a couple of guys I was in class with. And, and that's another one I would listen to over and over. And that kind of changed that's when i really got into it kind of started mm -hmm. the lore of it reading about it uh, digesting it so that's when i really got into it so tupac really was my gateway into like hip-hop i always forget that like about house of pain and it's yeah. funny because like it keeps coming up and it's i remember well what so i'm looking at now it came out like 92 so i was 11 yeah <laughs> i remember going to i wanted it on cassette tape <laughs> <laughs> And me and my friend both wanted it, but like our parents wouldn't buy it for us. So I tricked them and I was like, I told my parents I was buying it for her for her birthday and her parents <laughs> approved. It, and then she told her parents the same thing. So we just bought it for ourselves. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember like listening to it in my room and it was a uh, put on your shit kickers, a song. So I'd like have it loud. And every time they said shit, I had it timed out where I turned that part down a little bit there so my parents go. couldn't hear it. Wow. <laughs> wild like when you look back at like how i mean i would you know i'd probably be the same way with my kids if they were like hey dad i want the new kendrick lamar no that ain't happening like yeah. there's no way dude that's happening but and then you say cassettes that is yeah. i mean uh, dude all these songs i was listening to was totally on cassette tapes mm -hmm. and like the thing with cassette tapes that i love is that for me i can visually remember where i was at listening to a lot of these songs and yeah. flipping the tape over and I, I don't know. There is a lot of, I mean, I've got cassette tapes like in the last 10 years and listened to them. And I went, this is a pain. Like yeah. today, like there's no way I'd be listening. <laughs> like, I'd be like, no, I'm, yeah. I mean, I've got, now I've got vinyl records, which I guess is kind of the same thing, but I, I don't know, man. I, I love it. I love to look back at it. I appreciate it. But I, I'm also very thankful that where we're at today with technology. I'm not one of those yeah. guys. Like you know, oh, I hate Spotify. No, I love it. Like I mean, I love it because it, it allows you to. But I think that's part of the reason we, our generation, can appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, because we really, you really had to digest it. You yeah. really had to consume it. It wasn't like yo, here's a playlist. You had to like, say, I mean, you know, you had to put the cassette in. Yeah. You had to listen to it, and like you talked about in the last couple of episodes, making mixtapes. Oh yeah. Pure insanity, pure insanity. Mm -hmm. Like especially like making one for a girl or something. You're yep. sitting there making sure all the songs are right. Oh, this song's not right with this. You know, like yeah. it was such a pain, but it was so great at the same time. Well, so. even the timing of it, trying to figure out how many you could fit on the side. And yep. I remember having like one cassette tape, and it was actually it's funny because it sticks in my head. So the last song on the one side was um, "Tell Me What It Takes to Let You Go" by Aerosmith, and yeah. it would cut off at a certain point. And I just was like, yeah, whatever. So I flipped the tape over and like started on the second side and like put it on there again. But now when I hear that song, I kind of expect it to like cut off at that uh, point I, because I'd always listen to it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I listened to uh, so you and uh, Minx Tasha were on the talking about that. And 
I'm like Kerr. I was so OCD. There's no way I could have done. I, there's no way I could have let a song flip. I, I would have. I would have went. I would have had to search like a shorter song. And then, <laughs> did you used to record them off the radio? Which was yeah. Ins- I would I get so mad when a DJ would talk over. I'm like, dude, yep. I'm trying to take this song. Shut your mouth. Man. Well, the worst like, would be when like they like not talk at the beginning and then they'd like cut off the end of it and you're like, oh, yeah. the whole song and then just the last like ten seconds they start talking. I'm like, come on. <laughs> Just so let it I finish. Just, I know, and then then you would have to wait for that song to come yeah, back on again. Exactly. Like, oh, it's such such a pain. So what I used to do um, with much music, our MTV, they'd have like video flow, and it'd just be like the hours in the middle of the day where they just play music videos without like their own uh, stupid shows. So I'd pop in the VHS tape and record like six hours just of music videos. Wow, <laughs> not, not a bad idea though. I mean, yeah, yeah that's that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I didn't. I never thought of that. I should have been doing that. Oh man! Yeah, well, I was... it is at school. I just have that recording, you know, during the day, and then I come home and flip through the music videos. There you go. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, MTV was great. I mean, you know, it, like you said, it did. It used to play videos for like eight or nine hours mm-hmm. straight, and now, I mean, that's not even like kids don't even understand that. They're like, what? Yeah. You know, I can just get on YouTube and just watch whatever. And I've been trying to. I show my kids like music videos from like the 80s and 90s and they love them for the most part i mean they'll talk about just their weird videos like um <laughs> genesis has that weird video i can't think of the song it's the one where reagan's a puppet and oh, yeah. uh the disturb covered the song i can't think of what the song is right now um but anyway it's, it's just really weird stuff and they love the sledgehammer video by oh, peter yeah that one's so cool it's one of the best ones ever but yeah so they so they're kind of aware of it um i don't know that that's what's kind of crazy about rap though there wasn't any I mean, nothing but a G thing is a great video because mm-hmm. it gives you a glimpse into how, you know, life in the hood pretty much. But yeah. other than that, they didn't have like a lot of great videos. I mean, I guess Puff well, Daddy. California all- Dream or California whatever, the uh, yeah, Tupac yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. California Love. Yeah, yeah that, California okay. Love. <laughs> that is a pretty good one. Right? Yeah, that's true. That's like the Mad Max Thunderdome. Yeah, it's a pretty okay, epic one- video. <laughs> and then, yeah, Puff Diddy did start doing the shiny shiny yeah. clothes and the fisheye lens which you know missy elliott doesn't get a lot of love and yeah. she was from the 90s and like we look back she was like alone i mean her and i guess a little kim but i mean whatever we're like like the lone female rappers back then it's crazy that i, I think she kind of gets passed over a lot of the time yeah for that so but she had some great ones too but yeah hype williams was making those videos man that dude was getting paid back then mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I was looking at the list. So like Snoop Dogg, Warren G, all that. But then did you ever get into any of the Southern rap, like, um, Outkast? And then even, I think he's garbage, but at the time, Master P and the No Limit, were you, was yeah, that like? I listened to Master P a little bit. Outkast more so like later on, I think with, uh, yeah. the Polaroid, whatever song. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. That's yeah. Jackson and stuff. Um, more yeah. So, so for he's... them. Yeah, I mean, Miss Jackson was on Stankonia, and that was that definitely came out in the night. I think that's amazing. I think that's probably one of their better albums. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of hip hop heads love the, the, their first two or three, but still, yeah, Outkast was great. But you know, Master P, that's the thing that kills me. Everyone like he's like the Nickelback of his time, and everybody craps <laughs> yeah. all over the guy. But you know, everyone was listening to Master P back then, and they can say they weren't, and and I know they were because everyone I went to owned those freaking albums. I yeah. had them, 
and and then now we all it's like the spice girls album you know no one bought it but it sold like more albums than anything ever so it's like eh, yeah some guys around here bought that album like, exactly someone bought it <laughs> i was buying them like out of i bought one of the master p albums i worked with a co-worker and she was like yeah i got all these albums i had to go out to her her car in her trunk she had like boxes of cds which is so weird <laughs> like what's going on here and she had like a whole bunch of master p albums and i was like this is this is kind of weird but sure i'll take it so but we look back now master p god bless him i mean he's from nashville he went to school actually worked with this lady and they went to school together oh wow and she said he was a, he was a cool guy but and he seems like a cool dude to hang out with but man he makes dr dre look like eminem i mean his raps were so bad you know yeah but I mean, southern, yeah, southern rap was another one of those things where, like, six three, um, or three six. Not, I always yeah, get that back. Three six. But yeah, three six. I yeah. used, yeah, I used to blast their early stuff as well, and you know, it was definitely a little bit more underground. You know, they they did eventually make it, but at the time, it was kind of underground, and I love it. And I bought their one album about three or four times because I kept losing it on cassette tape. So I helped fuel sales for that one a little bit. <laughs> Well, Nelly was from the South too, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, St. Louis. Yeah, and he definitely uh he he was an interesting guy. And that following his career is really weird. I mean, he was big time and then he started I don't even know what the guy's doing. I, I listened to another podcast and they said they went and saw him in concert recently. I think it was in Kentucky or somewhere. And I guess he came out and did like two of his hits and then the rest of it was medleys and all, and then he started doing other people's stuff. I'm like, man, that is that is strange. I, I don't know. Yeah, that, that was really because he was hot, man. When he come out with those two singles, it was like, oh my god. I, I was just listening to something his the other day, uh, Grills. Yeah, I love that same in Paul Wall. But yeah, I don't know what happened to that guy. He well, just, same I, with uh, was it Mace or whatever that used to be like Puff Daddy's yes. little buddy there, and he like went away and became like a preacher or something. <laughs> yeah, so weird. You know, I listen to a hip hop podcast. Uh, it's called uh, Excuse My Ad Lib and it's really it's really great. It's, I love it. It's one of my favorite I mean, they only put out episodes every month now. They used to do weekly, but and they their love for Mace, it blows me away. I'm like <laughs> it's like what? I said this guy was I thought this guy was a joke. Yeah. Because I, I hated Puff Daddy for I mean after Notorious B.I.G. died, I felt he really, really capitalized on yep. his death like massively. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know their friendship, so it's really unfair for me to judge. But I feel he did. And I felt Mace was terrible, but when I listen to his podcast, I'm almost like, maybe I'm wrong, you know. But I know there was a lot of cough syrup being digested <laughs> by the whole uh, bad boy. Because the raps, if you go back and listen to them, are so slow. Like, yeah. the music's, like, really loud, but Mace is, like, just the slowest. Like, I don't get it. So, like I said, once, once the... Uh, Biggie and Tupac kind of went down. For me, that was kind of rough for a while. I mean, thank God there was Eminem, who I loved. I mean, Eminem's first three albums, amazing, fantastic. I'm not so big a fan of him currently. I mean, I, his last couple of albums just really weren't that great. But, but yeah, thankfully there was Eminem to kind of bridge that because it, it kind of got once again it kind of got corny for a while, yeah. and you know, and even in the 2000s it got kind of corny. But yeah, it's just you really look back at Kurt Cobain, Tupac, and Biggie all dying around the same time period. It's it's insane. Yeah, I mean, it was a rough few years. <laughs> I mean, you can't even look at any point in history. Does anything even come close to that? I mean, that three of the biggest artists ever, mm -hmm. ever, just forget the time period, but then they all died within just a few years of each other. It really, 
the nineties was, it was weird. And, yeah. and with, and with all three of them, you really, honestly, you weren't that surprised they died. I mean, like, yeah, Kurt Cobain kind of, but Biggie and Tupac, you're like, yeah, I mean, yeah, dudes, you literally rapped about it all yep. the time. You wore bulletproof vests when you went out. You were getting shot at constantly. Yeah. I mean, we kind of figured you were going to get killed at some point, and they did. I mean, it's really a, it's really tragic. Well, it's funny because my husband said he was talking to, like, the dudes that he works with that are, you know, the younger dudes in their 20s or whatever. And going back to, like, Kurt Cobain stuff, he's telling them how, like, they're missing out because they don't really have a voice of a generation now. Whereas in the 90s, we had, like, so many big yeah. ones that were, like, the voice of the generation. And then now there's not really anything like that. No, yeah, I don't know what they have, and and like I said, I don't. I try to at least kind of. I try to kind of stay afloat with current music. You know, I'm not. I can't act like I know it all, but like, like I say, when when the Migos come out, I, I want to know what I want to listen to. That. I want to kind of, and I kind of dig some of it. You know, like I say, I'm not in love with it. I'm never going to say it's one of my favorite albums or bands of all time, but yeah, it, it's obviously a lot different. And like we we talked about earlier, I think just the just the effort you had to actually consume the music definitely made you more passionate about it. And it made you love it a lot more than disposable music, which, which it is today. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, maybe that's the way it's supposed to be or not. I don't, you know, that's, that would be young versus old conversation, but <laughs> yeah, we definitely, it was to us, it was everything, you know, well, the because, funny thing too, the nineties had like so many one hit wonders in like every genre too. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. Like, um, and that's another thing that doesn't really happen today. Like the, the one hits we're talking about, like we still know them yeah. 25 years later. Like the one hits that come out today, kids don't even remember it like the next week. But no. like, you, like 90s, we'll, we'll tell you every one hit, like one hit wonder playlist. We're like, yeah, I, I can tell you every band, the song. I can, you know, it's exactly. like, like we shouldn't know who uh, Deep Blue Breakfast at Tiffany's is, but yet we do. We know yeah. who it is, you know. Uh, or, or any of the one hit wonders, so many Stilo. of them. <laughs> I was wish. With a baller, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I guess rap did have a couple uh, one hit wonders as well. And a lot of times they were kind of like comedy based, or even Coolio's, another yeah. one, Mr. Paradise, like, hey, you know. Mm-hmm. With his hair. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I just look at some of the, the albums from then. I mean, some of my favorite albums of all time, forget hip hop, but even then, I mean, Notorious B.I.G., Ready to Die, Dr. Dre, The Chronic, Tupac, All Eyes on Me, Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style. I mean, those are four, those are four of my favorite albums of all time. Not even to mention Beastie Boys, Ill Communication, I think. And I'm not a Beastie Boys fanatic. Like, I, like my brother-in-law, Corey, he is a fanatic, so he doesn't think that's their best album. But to me, the casual Beastie Boy fans, I thought Ill Communication was the album. I mean, yeah alone but um i used to listen to that one on cassette tape over and over and i remember the cassette tape was green i remember this i played it so much i wore off like all the words on the front of it you know <laughs> yeah i had tapes like that too where you only knew what it was because of like the color or yeah. something on it because everything was worn off of it that was it yeah so that that's one i played a lot i just dug it i thought it was cool cool dudes and it's crazy like even for those guys being three white guys to be yeah. accepted as heavily as they were in into hip hop, respected by other hip hop artists, it, I mean, insane, really. When you look look at somebody, and I think that's because they were authentic. You look at a lot yeah. of other white rapper, Vanilla Ice or Snow or whoever the mm-hmm. other ones were, were, were laughed at because they were a joke. But those guys were authentic, and I think that that kind of was a difference for those guys. 
So. The funny thing that I always think about now, too, you think of, like, the big rappers in the 90s with, like, Ice Cube and Ice-T and LL Cool J and Snoop Dogg, and then, like, where they are now <laughs> doing, like, family movies, Law & Order SVU, you know, Lip Sync Battle, and hanging out with Martha Stewart. Like, it's just so bizarre to me. It is. I mean, and really, when you look at, like, Ice Cube, to me, is the craziest one. Like, yeah. this guy was in, literally, in NWA. Yeah. Was just talking, had songs like, I'm going to blast you, I'm going to kill you, you know, had mm-hmm. a big feud with Easy e all that. And like you said, honey, are we there yet? Part two. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, dude? Like, <laughs> I understand Friday. I mean, I, I Friday's one of my favorite movies of all time. I get it. It's comedy, but it's still kind of, you know, keeping it real a little yeah. bit. Honey, are we there yet? Like, I, I guess, you guess you just got to get paid at some point. I, I well, don't know. It's like with Snoop Dogg, like. A cooking show with Martha Stewart. Yeah, like, it, really? That's just so bizarre. It, he, yeah, his is weird. Um, I mean, he's a likable guy, but this is a guy that was literally tried for murder. Yeah. Like he literally could have <laughs> went to jail for murder. Should have went to jail for murder. Yep. And now, like you say, he's beloved by like white middle aged women love <laughs> yeah. him. Like, and I'm just like, man, it is so weird. Like, I'm with you. It, it's so bizarre. We we look back, you wonder. What Tupac and Biggie? I always wonder that. Like, I wonder what Kurt, Kurt Cobain. I wonder what Biggie and Tupac all would be doing today. <laughs> I, I really do. I I yeah. think Tupac would have been a, a Hollywood star. I think he oh, would have yeah. been like Ice Cube. I'm really curious what Big would have been doing. <laughs> I mean, there's no way that guy was going to be like on a sitcom or anything. Yeah, so, like some reality like house hunting show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no way. So it would have been curious. I mean, he may have been. He may have died of a heart attack. I mean, he's a big guy, but <laughs> but like you wonder. There you go. Well, it could have been him and Puff Daddy. Uh, I mean, because where's Puff Daddy at today? Yeah, he's a billionaire, but I mean, I don't know what he does. Like, he had that show on uh, what VH1 making the band. Oh yeah. So yeah, he had that, but I mean, he's still making money today. So yeah, I I often wonder about that. It is kind of weird how these guys went at at the start of the '90s were rogues, outlaws. And like you said, now they're beloved and people love Ice Cube. People love Ice Cube. Like, yeah. they're just like, yeah, new Ice Cube movie? I'm there. You know, hilarious. Well, it's like watching Ice-T on, like, Law & Order SVU. I'm like, this is just it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's Ice-T. He's, like, so hardcore, and you know. And it's just like, he's just this detective on SVU now. <laughs> and he had a reality show, too, with his wife, Coco. So, yeah. I mean, it's so weird. Yeah, you're right. He was another one. Like, I mean, he was basically going, you know kill the police yeah. <laughs> like whoa dude now you're playing a cop on on some show wow that's very interesting dude very interesting it's like one of my favorite gifts is of him like with a cereal bowl or something he's just kind of dancing in the kitchen with it god <laughs> and he was even on uh some like geico commercial wasn't he where so. where people are selling lemonade or something yeah and, like iced yeah. tea he's like no man we're selling lemonade i'm like whoa <laughs> no when he put out Cop Killer, no way you would have visited this guy selling insurance one day. Like, exactly. it, it, it's wild. It's, it's, it's insane. Well, it's even like, I was, well, I was thinking back now, too, like, I was a fan of LL Cool J, which was more kind of like, I guess, watered down <laughs> sort of yeah. rap compared yeah, to, bit, yeah. to other ones. But him being like a big, you know, influence, too, and then seeing him now on like lip sync battle and stuff, yeah. like, it's weird. I mean, he hosts like gang, he hosts like uh, something like the uh, the Grammys or the mm. Tony, something like he hosts something like every year, like music awards or something. I'm like, wow, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, that's another. I mean, he's. 
I, I, he didn't, he doesn't go on Mount Rushmore for me, but he was he was also very influential in rap. You know, yeah. just all those guys from the eighties were, but like I say, he. He did stick around the '90s. Oh, he had a couple of hits in the '90s as well. So it it was weird. I mean, he's a better looking dude. He's kind of cool. So I can kind of see his appeal to the masses. But like you say, Ice T. Whoa, yeah, like, dude, <laughs> what are you talking about. So then you had like the other ones too, like Will Smith, who made his career without swearing. Yeah, <laughs> Which yeah, is one weird, of the- like the complete opposite end of rap in the '90s. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it had a bunch of hits in the 90s. I mean, they were all corny. I mean, I I was never a Will Smith fan. I mean, no, the the rapper. I loved him in the movies. I loved the Fresh Prince. I loved all that. But his rap, I'm just like, yes, his stuff is corny. I I guess once you dial into Biggie and Tupac, it's got to come close to that (laughs) or it's corny. And you just can't can't get into it. Another dude that I love, I think this guy – has the best, maybe probably the best rap voice there is. He was just a mess. He was, you know, and that's why. But DMX, my oh, God, yeah. oh, I love his voice. He he just sounds so angry. He's so scary. <laughs> yeah, but, man, that guy was a mess, man. Yeah. He, I mean, going around threatening airport security guards, getting arrested for that. But oh man, I wish he, I wish we could have seen more from DMX because I loved him as well. He he was just. Wow, that voice! You can't, you can't get that voice. That's what's so amazing about it. Yeah, that's just like it's a real, real voice. The real aggression in it. Yeah, you know, he's got quite the story as well. I mean, he's got every cliche you can think. Of. I mean, you know, he grew up single parent, grew up in the hood, and all that. I mean, which a lot of these guys did. But he, if I had to pick, like you know, when you go into a, a wrestling video game, you can create a a wrestler. DMX would be my creator rapper. That's like, <laughs> look like that, sound like that. That would be my guy right there. Put on the bulletproof vest. And- there you go. <laughs> Eat the man. <laughs> that little Doberman by his side. Yeah, I mean, he like I said, he he's the and there was actually a there was a basketball game for I don't know, must have been PlayStation, and it was like a street ball video game, and you could totally be some of these rappers. <laughs> that seems about right. <laughs> yeah, it was so cool. I was like, yeah, I'm DMX. I'm slamming the ball. Yeah, it was <laughs> so weird. You know, so and there was even one game uh, for PlayStation where you could lip sync to a lot of. Uh, it was a it was a rap game. I forget what it was called, but you had a headset and you would rap along to the lyrics and would score you on it. It it just once I think once Puffy started really marketing big that's that also helped open it up to people it helped make it a little bit more normal and more digestible and that's when the marketing was just out of control and that's why that's why like you said that's why we have ice tea and ice cube and all those guys now just because of the marketing and and america opening up to it yeah exactly so the other one that i want to mention i think it has to be 90s yeah so there's a canadian Organized Uh-oh. rhyme with Tom Green. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I I could talk about. I mean, when I think about my influences in life, I'm talking in life. I'm not talking just in podcasting, but we could talk about that as well. I, if you ever do a Tom Green episode, <laughs> I, I want to be in because he is one of my favorite people ever. Entertainers. I used to be like so into him watching. Well, I guess because being Canadian, so like before you had. You know, Bam Margerib throwing fireworks yeah. in his house. Tom Green was going around and planting the radios. He's like, "Let's Easter, Dad. Let's find all the radios." Yeah, I oh, I love I love Tom Green, and it blows me away that he he would rap. I mean that check what's, the bars. So it's so funny, and like watching it back now, it's like the most ridiculous thing. He's such. I mean, that guy. 
I almost, uh, so he started a podcast up and then one day he was just like, Hey, I need people to come be on the podcast for a segment. And I was like, Oh, me, me, me. And he called me back like on Skype that day. And he's like, all right, man. Yeah. I'm gonna write your name down and, uh, we might call you tonight at seven. I was so excited. I was like, Oh my God, about to be on Tom Green's podcast. He never called back. But, but I did get to talk to him on Skype and I was just like, I was like a little kid. I was just like a little kid, but yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, like you said, there's always room for comedy rap. You know, there's always going to be like a single, a little breakthrough, things like that. So, yeah, it's crazy that the dude can rap as as well as he can. He's not bad. I mean, I've heard a couple of songs. I'm like, all right, I'll I'll give you props. It's not bad at all. Well, I think Check the Ore is a little bit better than My Bum is on Your Lips. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's true. But My Bum is on Your Lips was was a hit, man. It was a number one TRL song yeah. so yeah I, I still get that i'll get that song stuck in my head <laughs> <laughs> i remember downloading it over dial up and it taking like half a day <laughs> yeah for sure that was wild <laughs> i think like skilos i wish is probably one of those like like comedy songs too because i'm like I, I don't think you're serious <laughs> oh no no but everyone <laughs> knows it like if you're at a party mm-hmm. it's that comes on, people lose their minds, and even the one you mentioned earlier, when when jump around oh, comes yeah. on, or it's like people lose. Like I've been at weddings and people lose their mind, and so you're like, all right, jump around, cool, and then you jump for like 15 seconds. You're like, nah, dude, I'm not jumping for three minutes, dude. Yeah. This so then everybody kind of just said, okay, cool. Uh, next song, please. But yeah, mm-hmm. that was, uh, yeah, some of those songs are just novelties and they always light up a room when they come on so that's it's great man I, I, that's why i love it. it it's it's great music it's great and we never talk about it. it's, it's poetry it's mm-hmm. it's really telling a story it's it's really visceral and it, it really became the crazy thing was and i think the reason it it's still vital today is it really became almost the new rock and roll it became the new punk rock you know whereas yeah Rock got really watered down, especially when you start leaving the 90s. Uh, you had like Creed and Nickelback and, and all the. A, we call it Theory of a Nickel Creed. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> like, I, like, Theory, if I went somewhere and the dudes from Theory of a Dead Man were standing beside me, I wouldn't know who those dudes were. But yeah. I could debut two of the songs. But, um, but yeah, I think rap really became more a lot more honest than that it became more real and that i think that's why people love it today and i i feel that's why rock is really not as strong as it used to be because it's just i mean what is it you know so so it really kind of took its place and and i that's why i really when i listen to new stuff i'm not ever looking for new rock and roll stuff i've never went yeah yeah, man let me listen to some new rock songs but i'm definitely always like let me go on spotify let me go on pandora wherever i go Mm -hmm. let me find what's what's new in hip-hop and rap and that you know there's just a level of authenticity to it oh yeah for sure especially like well like the 90s ones i think too because there was just so you had all like the one hit wonders and a lot of like the weird pop explosion but then you had like so much like rap and hip-hop that was more like getting more mainstream so had like a lot more recognition than for other artists to come up yeah yeah for sure I'm just going through the list here too. There's, I always forget about Queen Latifah. Oh yeah, that's crazy. I I do too because like she's another one, actress. Pretty much became an actress, you know. Yeah. Like her and Ice Cube had like the same path, <laughs> family yeah. movies. <laughs> Which is wild, man. She uh and she still does well today. But like mm-hmm. I couldn't tell. 
I've I've heard some of her raps and I they're so disposable. I forgot them all. But yeah, she definitely was was in the game for a while. Yeah, she was a big deal back then. But like like I, said, I couldn't even you know without looking at something I couldn't even name a song by her. Oh no, I totally couldn't. <laughs> like if you're like yo ten million dollars, give me one Queen Latifah song. I'm, well, keep your money. You're yeah. safe. <laughs> well, it sucks to be me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, not, not getting paid today, so yeah. But I just one of those things like you're always here about her name. Oh, just looking through the list here too. Cypress Hill. That was another big one. Insane in the brain. Like me yep. and my friend just listen to that on repeat constantly. I mean those dudes. Which those is funny is like a twelve year old listening to that. Well, it's crazy because they only rapped about one thing. Yeah. Getting high constantly. Yep. All right. Yeah, we get it, guys. You like to get high. You like to get crazy. And uh I don't know, I think Corey went and saw him, like uh my brother in law went and saw him in the last year or two and he said it was a good show and i'm like really okay well that's interesting so i think like that's probably the only song that i like would know is insane in the brain <laughs> yeah probably um oh, uh, like some ship went down one or something about mary i think there's one mary jane or something probably. i mean I, I would bet on that but then um did you did you ever get into the out al- there's an album that fused rock rap with rock it was called judgment night i've and, heard of it I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it came out in the '90s. I know they're on it in a bunch, but that uh, that album, I'm telling you, you need to go check it out. It's really good, especially for the idea of the time. I feel it did probably help bring on new metal, which would kind of be a strike against it. But, but it had some really good. Like I said, it would take like um, God. I can't even. I'm trying to think of some of the the artists that were on it. But I know Cypress Hill was definitely on it, and it would, um, like I said, you would get some weird. I'm trying. Let, let me bring. I mean, this is really like ahead of its time. It was like 1994. It came out, so you had like Helmet and House of Pain. Oh wow! You had uh, like Slayer and Ice T coming together. Uh, <laughs> Sonic Youth and Cypress Hill. I love you, Mary Jane. That is the Mary Jane song I was yeah. talking about. Uh, Pearl Jam and Cypress Hill. <laughs> it's wow. crazy. This album's crazy. Like Mud Honey and Sir Mix a Lot. Like, oh my what? god. I need to go listen to that. I, that's another tape I used to play like over and over again. So it's definitely one that um, it's it's about as 90s as you get, really. If you want yeah. the truth, it's free grunge and, and metal person of the 90s <laughs> coming together with like hip hop. And it's uh, the movie's stupid. It had a, uh, <laughs> oh, I forget, uh, who's Charlie Sheen's brother, whoever that is. Emilio Estevez. Yes, Emilio Estevez. Yeah. And, and him and the, all these dudes get lost in the hood, and these like, <laughs> guys with the hood are trying to kill them. I mean, it's so it's almost racist. On this. Like, okay, all right, uh, let's let's chill out here. But um, yeah, it, it, definitely go check that out. It, when I think of hip hop, I also think of that. And me and my brother we used to play that one over and over again. It was always a classic. So, well, you mentioned Sir Mix a lot. You got to talk about Baby Got Back. <laughs> oh, that. That's another one of those. When that gets played at a wedding or a party or whatever, people and there's all when you go karaoke, someone yeah. will always, always, always will go get up there and do that one. Oh yeah, it, it's funny because it's another one of those just like ridiculous songs, but it was huge. Yeah, it was, and and I think I mean you know it's almost kind of at the time no one was really talking about that. Like uh, I know now we're in like the booty culture of rap and yeah. and that's a big thing. Like I mean that's Nicki Minaj's almost entire thing, but. Yeah. <laughs> Back then, that was definitely not talked about. Like, you had your women that looked like, I mean, Madonna or, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm trying to think of just women that were, you know, thin. Even Mariah Carey back then was thin, like, yeah, 
you know, and, and so that definitely kind of opened people's eyes going, oh, is that, oh, rappers like, oh, women, full-figured women. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they do. So, I mean, it is a corny song, but I think when you look at the social aspect of it, it, it actually kind of opened up the eyes. Like I said, every little thing started <laughs> opening up. The social aspect of Baby Got Back. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right on, we can write a thesis on it. <laughs> but, but I think all this stuff, like, just opened up, like, suburbia, white America's eyes. Like, yeah. oh, Oh, people think differently than we do. So, you know, that's it. yeah. It, it's a fun song, though. You, if it ever comes on, you'll listen to it and have a good time. And and that's you know, sometimes that's what music is all about. Well, I think sometimes it takes those ones to open the door to other stuff, right? Too, because then people will be like, "Oh, this is different, and I like it." What else is like this that's out there? Right. Yeah. For sure. It it, it can be a gateway like that, and you know, as long as you're having a good time, whether you're getting deep in the lyrics or if you just listen to something to dance or something to take your mind off of it. I mean, why does it, you know, what does it really matter? You're going to go from like Sir Mix-a-Lot to like NWA, but yeah, <laughs> you may you get there eventually. You, eventually you will. Yes. Eventually you will get there. But you know, you just, like I said, we just such a great period of, of time for music. Like I say, when you look at rock and rap, the nineties, I, I don't know. It's, I don't know. To me, especially for us, it will never get any better. But I just wonder, even for kids, if it really will ever get better for them to where it was for us. And I doubt it. Well, I think too because the '90s was like such a big jump in music, and you know, jump in in media from the like physical media from the cassette tape to the, the CDs, but also just a big gateway everything was like opening up and so that's why you had all these one-hit wonders because it was just new stuff being tried out and like yeah maybe that you know that band song didn't stick but it opened it up for a lot of other bands that could come out and try their stuff and a lot of rappers you know got their star and got their push from other ones especially with like you said dr dre pushing all these other people to the forefront so it was sort of just a big opening for all this new music coming through right yeah it was definitely yeah definitely a lot of pioneers and like i say i mean just just like I say, when you, when I make my Mount Rushmore of rap, I mean, I know three of them for sure from the 90s, like without a shadow of a doubt. Like, I don't even have to wonder. I, now, I could <laughs> wonder who the fourth guy is. I mean, could it be Kanye? Could it you be would Ken- put Kanye up there. <laughs> I mean, I probably would. I mean, I would have put Eminem there before. I, I don't, like I say, I don't know. That fourth person, I could have debates all day about. It. I mean, even Kendrick today almost almost gets a spot up there. But, I mean, I, you know, we we'll, do, we'll have to do another episode on Kanye. I mean, I really, I really, I want to do an entire episode on Kanye West and just go from who he was, who he is, who he could be. I mean, who knows? You know, I, that's a whole thing as well. And like I say, and when you go back, I mean, he is a Jay Z guy. Jay Z goes back to Biggie, Biggie, yeah. all that. So I mean, you know, the the lineage keeps going. It's always going to keep progressing forward. So it's it's fun to watch for sure. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for being on to talk nineties hip-hop and rap well yeah no thanks for having <laughs> I, I was like i said i was excited about it i was doing a little bit of research i mean research i was just listening to music but still that's, <laughs> that's, that's still an excuse count. right to, to go I back think. to it <laughs> hey guys i'm doing research so leave me alone i'll be listening to all these <laughs> these albums but yeah I, thanks so much for having me on it it was it's always fun to talk about music especially music you're passionate about so i really appreciate it yeah exactly so if people want to find out more of your stuff where can they check that out Oh, yeah, for sure. People need, if they like, listen to me talk about nonsense, then go check out Blame Your Brother. It's a podcast I do with my brother and my best friend of 20-plus years. And we don't really talk hip-hop. Every once in a while we do. So, yeah, maybe you should go check it out. But, yeah, we talk about just news, pop culture, 
we have fun with each other. And if you go to blameyourbrother.net or just search it on any of the podcast applications out there, you'll find it. And go check it out, see what you think, spread the word, all that good stuff. And if people don't, I really want to plug July 14th, uh, we're going to be at our 100th episode. And we're going to be doing a 24-hour straight recording session. So we're going to start at Friday, 8 o'clock, and record 24 hours until 8 o'clock the next day. So <laughs> it'll be streamed on YouTube, no interruptions, no nonsense, no tricks or anything. A lot so, of coffee, a lot of energy drinks. <laughs> oh, yes, a, a lot of guests, a lot of guests. So, Mandy, maybe you can uh, find your – I don't know. I think you said you might have something to do. But if not, we would love to have you on there. But – yeah, people should definitely check that out, uh, and they can find that at BlameYourBrother.tv. It just goes to our YouTube page. But, yeah, we're, we're excited about that. But, you know, uh, just BlameYourBrother.net. Go check it out. It's a fun podcast, and, uh, you know, you like it, you like it. Check it out. <laughs> for sure. Well, thanks again for being on, and hopefully people go on and check your stuff out and maybe hit you up with their favorite 90s hip-hop stuff. There we go. <laughs> I, would love, I would love for them to do that. Please do that. Let me know. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Little Geek Lost. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Cyanide with two N's. The extra N is for extra awesome. As well as the show feed at Little Geek Lost. And you can check out the website littlegeeklost.com for all my show info, my blogs, my podcast, anything else that I feel like posting. As well, the show is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Leave a rating and review and I will read it on a future show. And again, thanks for tuning in.